Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And, you know, we're back at it with you guys using Audacity and Skype. And uh, man, I feel like we're stuck in 2008. Yeah, we're running this all off Windows XP. So we're pretty we're pretty straight right <laughs> now. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, all jokes aside. Yeah, um, we're, we're working on uh, fixing the way we go about doing things. But hey, we're managing for the time being. You know, we're being war. You know, this this podcast was built from the dorm rooms you know so yeah we're, we're, we're just basically crawling <laughs> from that <laughs> point but um but yeah no definitely outside of that been a good week i mean how sick was it to have a a weekend with some football that was a nice little change oh, of yeah. pace and uh, loved it for the first 15 minutes <laughs> right <laughs> But, but yeah, it, in, in case you guys needed, you know, another excuse to think that we're better than ESPN or, you know, whatever you want, whatever major media platform that you see on, you know, TV, uh, just know that if we had, you know, the thousands of production people that they had, you know, this this would be going a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, we, we run a, a tight operation here. You know, we've we've thought of expanding, you know, building the brand, you know, <laughs> taking that jump. Um, so, you know, there's all things to get worked out in the future, but you know, the number one thing has always been focused on the content. You know, we scrap content that we don't believe in or don't like how it turned out. So yeah, I think that's also a thing of you know, some content. Unfortunately, there's probably a couple of great podcasts that probably just never made it out due to just technical issues or, audio being weird you know just like so many things like that but you know all that stress goes away you know as soon as as soon as you're watching the game right you can just think about reflecting back upon it but after that you just pray that it it makes it up onto podcasts you know yeah very very true and we, we we will be modernizing soon we'll be moving in a new direction um other than that reese back to back to football yeah i mean Football is back, baby. This is the day we've been waiting for, preseason week one. It doesn't get much more hype than that, honestly. You know, preseason week one is like, it's still a little hype, though. You know, like, you're like... It is. Yeah. Preseason week two... Better than week two. It's different. (laughs) Yeah. You know? Week Week two is the worst week, for sure, out of all the preseason games. It's like, even as a diehard fan, like, you know, I love to watch all the preseason games, but... You know, once that second half of, you know, preseason week two rolls around, you're like, you really start debating it. You know, is there something yeah. better I could be watching right now? You know, or is there a first half of a different game going on somewhere else? But You're like, how many more snaps do I need to see of Micah Baskerville? <laughs> <laughs> Will we see him in the regular season? Probably not. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's not a jab at Micah Baskerville. He actually had himself a good, a good, a good week. Well, but I... I, I and not to cut you off, but I liked, I yeah. saw a tweet, um, or whatever you call it on X now, like whatever weird times we live in, you know, things are fluid. Um, it's like an X with like an S. So it's like still an X, but it's like one of those like weird plural situations. So you saw an X. Yeah. But <laughs> outside of that, man, you knocked me off my game too. I can't remember. Oh, I saw, I saw, I saw. <laughs> that's what you get from this. <laughs> I, I saw a tweet and I, I liked it because it was like, "Which you know training camp player are we gonna be, you know, really upset with that gets cut? You know, they're like what player are we gonna be upset yeah. that gets cut because we get too hyped about him in preseason?" And Michael Baskerville was one of them. Um, also, was man, he's literally on my stock up list. Um, Bell, yeah, that's why I'm blanking on Travis Bell. Like, mm. you know, some of these guys got to go, and I, I think that. It's, this is a poor merge into the topic, but I think with the game that we saw on Saturday, overall, man, like it's hard not to walk away from that performance and be like pretty pumped about it. You know, not not like yeah. a regular season win, but a lot of things seem to go right. And, you know, of course, numbers balloon inflate, but the, the Bears defensive line did about three weeks worth of work, four weeks worth of work mm-hmm. in, the, in that one game. So got to like what you see. But go ahead. Yeah. What were you going to talk about? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, no, no. I, I I just think it's funny that, you know, our, our, our podcast is consistent. <laughs> that would have been hilarious if you just forgot. <laughs> we just moved out. You kept that in. Um, yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. But again, like everyone, we should probably say this. I'm trying to get better at this. Um, 
this podcast. You you think after uh, over a hundred podcasts already, uh, I'd get better at actually saying what we're gonna do in the podcast at like the beginning of the podcast. But we're, you know, we're working on that too. Maybe once we uh, up our game and get on like uh, Riverside or whatever to like record these podcasts, that'll come with it too. Oh yeah. Um, but, but this week we're going to be doing our, you know, Chicago bears stock exchange episode. Oh, we're going to be going over some of the players, uh, and, and we're going to, you know, all players position groups and, and talk about whose stock is up and whose stock is down. I think this will be, you know, a pretty consistent topic through the preseason games. Um, but again, before that, any just general takeaways uh, on this team? Pretty unbelievable right there. Our, our old reliable Skype. You know, decides to just crap out on us, which is unfortunate. Um, but yeah, as I was saying about, you know, just first impression from the first team, um, really good start. I mean, Justin Fields didn't have to throw the ball downfield too much. Um, it wasn't anything crazy. Um, but at the same time, he was able to make plays with his legs, extend plays. Um, and on the screen game, really just an excellent display of the athleticism of the offensive line um, that really took a hold as you watch you know, our linemen get down the field, really kind of do everything schematically perfectly as far as getting out in front, building a convoy for the screen, um, allowed for big plays by DJ Moore, Khalil Herbert. So I thought that, that was excellent off the rip. Um, obviously, <laughs> the second team, you know, PJ Walker, the offense kind of sputtered a little bit there. Um, but I think we saw a lot of a lot of bright spots all across the defense. I know I kind of leaned into it a little bit already. Um, defensive line showed out. Bears got a total of nine sacks. So that was great. Um, huge turnaround from last year compared to what we watched all year. Um, and then also I think there was definitely some some good performances in the secondary. Kyler Gordon, Tyreek Stevenson, I think really played uh, great games as well as others as well into the depth pieces. But yeah, all in all, there wasn't too much not to like. I think there was a lot of turnovers, which you kind of expect to happen on both mm-hmm. sides. And, um, you know, some things that need to be polished up. But, you know, the start to that game was pretty confidence-inspiring. You know, it, it's hard yeah. not to be pleased with that. Yeah, and again, it, it is preseason, but I do think, again, there are takeaways. Um, and, you know, not to overreact, but Justin Fields did throw three completions or three passes and two of those were touchdowns. So that would mean that he's on pace for about 390 touchdowns this season. If he has the same amount of attempts, right. As last year. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sure we can expect that in the regular season. (laughs) No, but in all seriousness, I, you know, I do think it's good. It obvious. It's funny seeing people on Twitter talk about it. They're like he's a yards after the catch, like oh. maniac or whatever. And yeah, it's like, merchant. okay, he yeah, merchant. And and they're like, okay, like okay, he in the past two years was top five in like depth of target both years. And like that's kind of been the issue is that he hasn't done this enough, and he hasn't had the pieces to allow him to do this. The Bears wide receivers last year ranked dead last in yards after the catch. Um. So, you know, overall, I think that like it, it was clearly told to him by the coaching staff to just use the check down here because they don't want him to get hit. Um, but I still think it's somewhat positive a sign, sign to just see, you know, specifically like the offensive line get downfield and the blo- blocking assignments, see these, you know, young, talented pieces actually be able to take it to the house and Justin Fields use that check down. Um, but I don't want you guys to think that he was just given the free book to go downfield passing. It was very apparent that they just told him to get in there, run the ball, give screen passes, don't get hit. And that's what he did. Uh, and it worked out pretty well. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, pleased by that. The one thing I'll say, and like, I don't want to overreact with this, but like, the starting defensive line looked horrible, man. It looked so bad. And like, this yeah. is why I had to kind of catch myself. Cause I was like, this looks as bad as last year. And then, it, in a, and I was like, and this is the preseason. And then in my head, I caught myself. I was like, you know what? Really? The only piece that's different that was out there at, with the starting offense was having Andrew Billings in there, which, you know, your nose tackle isn't going to make a huge difference in the pass rush specifically. Um, and cause I was like, okay, Demarcus Walker is not in. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe is not in yeah. and you know, I, it's, it's, it, it is what it is. You know, that's kind of the situation. It wouldn't surprise me. I think this defensive line is going to be 
you know, better than last year because that's not a big margin, but I still don't think it's going to be good. And I know we haven't even, have we even talked about the Yannick Ngakwe signing on here? I don't even think we have. I I think, I think didn't it, you add the last part of it to the, no, no, I, I, I didn't end up doing that. Yeah, no. So Yannick, you know, I think it's going to, he's going to definitely help us a lot. He's going to get a lot of sacks for us, but again, like it's, it's kind of the defensive line as a whole. Um, I'm going to be interested to see where these rookies are come week one for like this defensive line. Who's going to actually be starters. It seems like the coaching staff might have neither of them be like full-time starters yet, which, you know, is whatever. Um, but I don't want to be too negative about the defense. Cause my, one of my biggest overall game takeaways is, is that everyone else looks great. And yeah, like the coaching sure. in general, you can see it on the field. We make fun out of these like footballisms, like, Oh, the hits principle. And like, you know, you're, you know, you're going to be fast. You're going to be smart. You're going to be long, you know, yeah. like things like that. It They're silly, but you can see it in the way that this team plays. I don't think I've seen like this defense play even during the Fangio years, to be honest, I don't think I've, I, I saw the defense play as hard as this defense is is kind of playing and like running to the ball db's hitting hard like the fangio defenses were great don't get me wrong but it's definitely more of a hitting you know hard hitting um you know unit as a whole defense than kind of the fangio which i think was a little bit more talent based don't get me wrong fangio is a great defensive coordinator but still yeah I, i was impressed yeah no i think the mentality was right on i mean like you said hard hitting from everybody um you know, force and fumbles, things along the, uh, the lines of that. Um, I think overall the defense, I was pleased. I think defensive line, like you're right, you know, the first unit, we're still kind of yet to completely see it. I think that, you know, it is probably likely, especially down, you know, down the stretch that we do see, you know, a Jervon Dexter, a Zach Pickens, you know, they're getting, you know, starting at least like somewhat starting reps towards the end of the season, I guess kind of preseason and how the rest of the camp full like unfold will um, kind of declare how that'll look like at the start of the season. But yeah, I mean, I wasn't overly impressed, um, but also I think that the depth did show up. I think one and kind of lean into what we're talking about as far as the, the stock market, you know, stock up, stock down one player that I didn't specifically that I specifically left off of that list um was Travis Gibson. And I know that he looked very good, you know, but at this point, like with a player like him, you also have to weigh in that we should kind of be expecting that from him. Like when he is going up against the backups, like he should be, you know, kind of showing out, he should be present on the field. And I think that that's not a slight to him, like good, like he looked like how he should have. But I just don't want to go crazy about somebody that, you know, you know, he's been in the league multiple years now. He's not a rookie. Um, and, and I just, I feel like maybe some people are looking in the, with all the new guys that are on that defensive line core, I kind of just blend him in. It's like, wow, he looks really good. It was like, yeah, he should be a step ahead, you know, but what will it look like by week one or, you know, by week five? See, I want to, I want to loop him in also. And I know a lot of fans aren't going to like this. And, I, you know, we'll start going through our stock up, stock down in a minute. Like, I don't want to get too away from that. But I like just kind of as we kind of wrap up this, you know, summary of the game, I kind of wrap in Dominique Robinson in like mm-hmm. the same category as Travis Gibson right now. Um, you know, you wish you would have seen more from him just like based on how this coaching staff has hyped him up, to be completely honest. Like his hype was not something fans contributed to it, but I also feel like the front office and the coaching staff contributed a lot to it, too. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, man. I just don't see anything particularly special right now. And now Robinson's at a much younger point in his career um, than, than Gibson is. And like with Gibson, I think what's so difficult with him is that he showed so much potential in his, I think he had seven sacks uh, just a season ago. And you, you just thought that that would kind of shine through and that he'd be able to take that next step. And then it was a dud last year. I don't even think he got a sack last year. And uh, it, it was it was horrible, man. Um, yeah. Dominique Robinson, much younger player, more of a project, shows a little bit more physical upside. The player I'll actually point out on um, as far as the edge rushers go was uh, Terrell Lewis. I Definitely. mean, he's, he's kind of as advertised as how he's been having this training camp. Um, I just think that he's got... 
a he's just a different athlete than everyone else in that D end room. And that's what gives you like a if he can figure this thing out, this being his like first full time attempt at edge rusher and like hopefully healthy because that's kind of been the bigger complication in his career is never being healthy I mean we saw what he did in Bama back in the day man he was good at playing as like a rushing inside linebacker and uh I if he can make that transition you know maybe he could be a little bit like a you know different different body type but um Hassan Reddick type of player right and I also think Reddick's a, a better athlete too but yeah, if he can get I I'm almost more ample to keep him on the team than Travis even though Travis has been performing better as of this previous game. Yeah, I don't think that that's a terrible thought at all. Like I I do expect Travis Gibson to make the final roster. I'm not calling him for him to get cut at all either. Um but I do think that, you know, there are ways that things can shake out or even just to go as far as the depth chart. I think that, you know, He's not someone that, like, you absolutely need to have, you know. And he has shown, like, he does have upside. I mean, was it his rookie year? Yeah, I think it was his rookie year that he really showed out and then had a slow second year. Um, You know, he's shown that he can do it. I think just last year with the amount, the volume that he got out on the field and with the production that came out with it, it was just disappointing. So I think I'm still a little bit on the fence. Um, But, yeah, no, if you want to dive into the, the, you know, stock up, stock down, let's go for it. All right, I'll uh. So I I say, you know how we'll kind of go through this is that we'll both say our stock up and stock down as like you know one stock up, one stock down, one stock up, one stock down, and we can both kind of respond. So I can go ahead and start it off. Um, my one of my top stock ups, starting tackles, and I'm gonna kind of combine these two. Cody Whitehair, I th- I was again preseason only. I was impressed by Cody Whitehair yesterday just because he did not look out of place at all. You know, he was getting downfield. He was not a liability. It, it, it was working out pretty well. I was impressed. Um, and I was almost, you know, throughout the off season, I was just like, I don't know if this is going to work out as planned. Like, you know, he didn't look as good as previous time there, even though he was previously a pro bowler at center. Let me say that. But I, I went back and I watched some film from Cody Whitehair last year. I was like, man, he's getting beat a lot. Like for his for what he's getting paid, he's getting beat a lot. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was just like, oh man, I don't know if this is gonna work out. And then when I saw him now, he looks more at place. He looks even more at place than he was at guard. To be completely honest, he looks like he's kind of back in the Cody Whitehair, you know, 2018 time. Uh, I'm not gonna say that because he is getting older, but you know, I I I. I think he's been, you know, pretty good. You like the way he's playing. (laughs) I like, I like the way, I like the way he's playing at the moment. I could eat my words in a little bit, Um, but it gets, and Darnell, right, man, he was easily the best player on the field on the offensive line. Like it wasn't even close. He looked a lot better than I expected to, to be completely honest, Um, just for him to stand out like that. And of course, like he's going to have his rookie struggles. Don't get me wrong, but he really stood out and I, Thought that looked awesome. Um, getting a lot of positive attention too around like social media and mainstream media, which is pretty difficult when you're a tackle, not a very sexy position. No, absolutely. Um, and then my stock down, PJ Walker, man. <laughs> he looked <laughs> horrible, 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 horrible. And, you know, we, we've seen him on the football field like extensively with Carolina last year, and he looked better than he did yesterday. But, dude, you are playing backups. You should be, as a backup quarterback, you should be slinging the ball. Um, I don't know, man. It, it would, Nathan Peterman looked substantially better than him, which is a concern. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, uh, you can assume that P.J. Walker was on mine as well. And I'm not ready to throw in the towel because I do like that it like, seems to be more of a fit as far as like play style. Like I, I am in that mm-hmm. mind of thinking where it's like it would be real nice to, you know, you, you hate to see it or, you know, you hate to want to think about it. But if Justin Fields were to go down, you know, if the Bears are in a position to do something, you, you want to have someone that can fill in that's at least capable um, but definitely was let down by his performance. I kind of went off on the stock ups and, you know, some of them are depth players. So it's not, um, well, it is crucial as far as making the team and, and maybe they won't. Um, but I think just, I kind of went a lot off my perception. 
Um, and I, I guess to preface it too, like Justin Fields isn't going to be on it. DJ Moore isn't because like to me, like they're cemented, you know, yeah. like I, yeah. to me, that's that's kind of a done deal. But they're uh, not on my list either. Yeah. Nor, yeah, they're not. And did you go through all all yours or should? No, no, uh, just I, I just went over my like my first set. So I'm oh, just, okay, like one you. positive, one negative. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. Um. So I did mine a little bit more player by player. So maybe I'll just hit a couple of them. But I did uh, Tyson Badgent. You know, I think he yep. came in, slung the football. Definitely not. I associate too in the light of PJ Walker, who, you know, kind of goes with him, who was in my stock down. Um, not saying that something like that should happen, but I think it was definitely more encouraging to watch, uh, you know, Badgen go out there and sling it. He had some real nice throws. Mm-hmm. Didn't look out of place. Now, of course, you have to take into consideration the game does slow down a little bit at that time of the game where he was playing. Uh, but at the same time, I still I still think that he made all the throws that he needed to. Looks real good while doing it. I also, I wanted to throw in Khalil Herbert as well as far as the stock up. I think that um, he looked a little bit better in pass pro than I had anticipated. Um, and then also um, the just catching the screen pass and turn it upfield. I think yeah. that he reinforced that he can be electric. Um, definitely can make huge plays happen. But also, too, we, we saw a lot of those plays happen on the ground. It was definitely nice to see it happen on the screenplay. Just shows, you know, just a little bit more dynamic that he can be. Yeah. And that kind of gets me into one of my, I'll go stock down first and then stock up second. But uh, my stock down, <laughs> I'm going to get a hate on for this, but non Khalil Herbert running backs. Um, I thought that, you know, there's one player I'm going to touch on in a minute. I, you know, obviously we didn't see much of Don- Donta Foreman, didn't see much of Ebner. Um, we, you know, I saw a little bit of Abner, but yeah, a not little too bit, much, a little bit, um, Travis Homer, we saw some of him. I thought he, he looked okay. Um, they just, even Roshan, we, we saw him and this is what I'll say. He had a couple really awesome plays, but he was also getting caught quite a bit. And like, again, let's preface this by saying they're playing against a backup line with the backup third string line, you know, at times. So like how much weight this actually carries for them when we get into real game reps, not a whole lot, but Roshan, I would have liked to see more. You saw the flash, but not necessarily the consistency with him uh, to like potentially threaten Khalil Herbert is the way that I was thinking about it as like push him for that running back one. Um, Even though news did come out today that he's going to get some first team reps this week, um, you know, in practice, which, you know, hopefully would signify that he's going to get some first team reps in our next preseason game as well, yeah. uh, which I'd really like to see. But uh, yeah, Roshan, and I know that he also, some of the reports were saying that he wasn't extremely happy with his game either, but he had that one like 20 yard run that was just, he, I mean, he looked like a monster there. So you see the flash, but still not the consistency. Um, Ebner, I thought actually in the short snaps looked better and this running back room is going to be really weird. They need, they're probably going to need to cut one of these guys. And I don't know who they're going to cut. Um, cause Homer is also like a key special teams ace. Like that was a huge reason he got a multi-year deal. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see as far as that goes. Um, so yeah, overall, I, I kind of wish I was kind of hoping for a little bit more from the backup running backs, um, for how much this podcast has been hyping them up all off season. Um, my stock up starting, and backup DBs and linebackers um, kind of hinted on this at the show, you know, even this, there's going to be a shakeup. Like it's though both a, well, I'm going to say mostly the DB room. There's going to be some good players cut from that room. Like yeah. it, it, it really seems like Oja Mudia is probably going to end up, you know, being on the team. It's, it seems like there's, you know, some other undrafted guys. I'll probably end up on the team. AJ Thomas caught an interception who was listed as the second string string uh, strong safety. He was a UDFA last year, and uh, he ended up, you know, making the. It seems like he's going to be primed to make the team, uh, even over the Stanford DB we just drafted. I just thought that these DBs looked good. Kyler Gordon, you know, he was running and hitting. Uh, Jaquan Brisker looked great. Tyreek Stevenson, I thought, looked awesome. Yeah. Really, really good. Um, <laughs> Eddie Jackson. 
I'll, I won't comment on that. <laughs> he did get stiff he's already in, in the face. Form, you know, it, it is <laughs> the tackling is already at week eight, buddy. <laughs> it it is hilarious that he came out and said he's going to have the best safety season ever, and then his first play on the field in preseason <laughs> he gets stiff armed into existence by a running back that doesn't have an MCL. <laughs> like, like it's it, that's kind of funny. I think Eddie Eddie Jackson's going to be fine, but it's just one of those you know funny moments in football yeah um yeah so i i just thought the dbs looked awesome yeah and i think to add on to to start up front where you're at with roshan i'm not super worried um obviously i'm not gonna go out and say that he played great i think like you said there was a bright spot the big run that he broke off um you know made a couple of catches so at least showed that he can be factored into the game which we knew but um it was nice to at least see that in a bears uniform um but i think that yeah watching when you look at the line play in front of him, they weren't doing him any help. He wasn't doing too much to improve his situation as far as making like initial defenders miss. Um, but at the same time, he wasn't getting much help from the O line at all. But um, the DBs, like you said, played fantastic. Kyle, Kyler Gordon had a great game. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, I think led in tackles, which isn't always the greatest thing, but I think that he was really solid in coverage and also, Two made the tackles, uh, so he made it stick. Was was stopping people um, as soon as they got the football. So it was good to watch him play. Um, as far as the linebackers, I think I don't like hundred percent fully agree with you. And now, of course, the the Bears have already waived one of the linebackers that played um, in a reserve role, and then they picked someone else from the Falcons. Can't remember names right now, but that happened just before this podcast, actually. Um, mm-hmm. And actually, one of my stock down players was Buddy Johnson. It was a linebacker. Mm. I didn't think they mm-hmm. – and I think, too, it's just like when you're playing deeper into the game, like I want you to make an impression, want to show out, kind of jump off of the page. There wasn't anything that really jumped off too much about uh, about him for me in this game. But kind of to move down, uh, to reinforce what you said about the offensive line, I definitely had Darnell Wright on there. Um, Jatiri Car- Carter, I think um, – Definitely made a good impression. I think he played great. And I think that that kind of puts someone like Lucas Patrick in an interesting situation is like, can, yeah. can he put him in jeopardy? Um, yeah. Even though we haven't seen all too much of Lucas Patrick, I think that maybe he's someone whose stock is going down simply just because, you know, Jatiri looked a lot better. Um, so that certainly um, was good to see. And Dieter Eerlson, I think that mm-hmm. of the, of kind of like the next wave of linemen, um, from that guard position, I think that he stepped up, played a pretty decent game, um, was overall impressed. Darnell Wright, you know, he just looks massive, but also athletic. You can tell that he, um, you know, did pass that conditioning test yeah. with flying colors. So I, I think that first impressions are definitely, definitely good there. Um, and I guess, yeah, definitely I had the DB room on there. I had Kyler Gordon, had Tyreek Stevenson. I said Mike, Micah Baskerville. I put him on there, yeah. give him props. Uh, I don't know. He could be someone that ends up because you got to get down to 53. Like this is someone who could be a good player that the Bears end up cutting. Um, but I think that he was someone that I wasn't looking out for at all, um, but definitely jumped off the page a bit for me. Um, and I guess let me see here if I missed anyone. That was mainly it. Um I think too to highlight for some of my stock down. I think there's some there's some talk for wide receivers in this in this category, and I think mm-hmm. one of them, which is kind of an easy target, I feel bad putting him on here, but Valus Jones. I mean, oh my god, to come out there and what exactly plagued you last season to go in preseason week one and botch it again is just what terrible. what was he even doing? Like, wh- why are you catching a ball off the bounce like that? He's got like, like a. You have to be. He's got to be an like a elite yips. returner to do something like that. It's a yips kind of situation for him, man. It's got to be like I feel like it's so much in his mind that like all of a sudden returning a punt, which is a tough job. Like returning punts yeah. is not easy, but he's someone that had a little bit of experience with it. You think if it was for him at all at this point, he would have caught on. I think that spot is probably not going to be there for him. I don't think he's going to be returning punts. And I think if no. he's not returning punts. Unless he ends up being an amazing kick returner, what is the point of having him? He made some nice gadget plays last year. I know we both talked about that long run off the jet sweep, but, man, I I mean, what spot does he have if he really can't make an impression on special teams either? Yeah, Valus has – he's gotten up 
uphill battle that's for sure to make this team um i thought he was honestly kind of gonna be a lock for the roster um i don't know why they don't have him on kicks maybe they just want to see how tyler scott does on the kickoff return i'd prefer to see valus exclusively on kicks and just figure out the punt return duties um he just doesn't seem to have like the football iq when it comes to fielding a punt to not muff it like okay like fair enough this last this last muff of his he did not it's not necessarily he couldn't catch it um but he did he like made contact with the ball and then was way too close to a defender that he just got pummeled and lost the ball like it's that's what happens you know like you can't you can't do that um so i yeah i would uh, Velas get your act together when he has the ball in his hands he looks great though like that's that's the hard part about this is like if you could just fix that one thing about him he can be a really high quality punt and kick returner but he just seems to just not be able to do it um yeah i i don't know and really my my last stock down um and I feel like kind of like you're a little bit what you said about Roshan. I feel like it's a little ruffle feathers a bit. It's Tyler Scott. I think that he is just I, – I feel – I definitely feel confident that he's going to make the team. Um, I definitely feel confident about that. I think it would have to go absolutely tragic um, for for something like him, for someone like him to get cut because I do think he has a ton of upside. But I think that just kind of – and kind of camp as a whole too. kind of just been a sloppy camp for him. Lots of drops throws in the fumble um, and, and during the preseason game. Just then a little bit of a rough ride. I think that we will see him get to a point where, you know, he gets past that and, and really starts to feel more comfortable, but still still a way for him to go. <laughs> yeah, that, that's for sure. Um, yeah, he's been dropping the ball a lot at camp. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, he, he's a talented player. Um, you know, similar situation with Velas, except – not he's not obviously he's like a rookie rookie Valus is going into his second year I think what's also disappointing with Valus just to add on to him as well um he looked like he was getting better with it at the end of last year so to come out and start like that yeah and and you saw they were they were throwing the 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 Bosu balls or the um the workout balls at him in camp to try to distract him it's like Jesus like he needs to figure that out. Why well, don't catch it off the bounce? It's, it's dire straits, yeah. man. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, well, that's that's enough of talking about Valus Jones for now. Thankfully, he's not a starting wide receiver on this team. Um, let's go ahead. I'll keep I'll keep going through a few of mine. Stock up for me, Zach Pickens. Stock down, Jervon Dexter. You know, I I really liked Pickens. I yeah, liked Pickens. A lot going into the draft. I was thrown off a little bit because it didn't seem like he was getting too much attention during camp. And then he got also switched to nose tackle with Jervon going to the three technique. Um, it, you know, Zach Pickens was saying that he was going to like kind of exclusively taking snaps at nose tackle in camp. Um, not in, not entirely sure why that's the case. You know, I think that for me initially when we draft him, I thought he was going to be the nose tackle and Jervon the three technique. But then when things kind of came out that it was more expected the other way, I was like, okay, that makes sense as well. Um, they are very interchangeable. You know, Zach, they're, they're different skill sets. Don't get me wrong, but both can definitely play nose tackle. Um, but I thought Zach did a pretty damn good job this camp. You can definitely see that he like the talent that he brings to the roster, um, which is kind of interesting because he was one of the more uh, critiqued players of the Bears. Obviously got that sack bursting through a double team. That looked good. They're even splitting him out, you know, not you know, completely wide like an edge rusher, but get it, he was actually getting put out pretty wide sometimes too. That's actually how he got one of those sacks. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. With Jervon, you see the power and the physicality and like he's he's he is able to really dominate the guy in front of him. But he I wouldn't even say that like the big issue this previous game, because everyone's like, oh, the get off, the get off. I thought the get off looked improved than in college. But you can tell he's still like transitioning from that read and react defense. Um, he was playing very upright and he wasn't really firing into his defender. He was kind of like firing up and not getting his hands in as quick as possible. And like 
that's one of those things that all the successful defense, it's pretty hard to find some good defensive linemen that are laid off the snap and, and have poor pad level. Like those are kind of essential um, tools in your toolbox to be, you know, a Pro Bowl defensive lineman like we think that Javon could end up being. Uh, so, mm. yeah, I would say I was a little bit disappointed. I think he's definitely going to be more of a project. I, I'm not expecting a whole bunch from him this year, um, but really want to see him play with better pad level. Um, I, I But again, what I can say is good is he, he is fi- firing out of his stance pretty well. Um, better than before. He was a late a couple times, um, but he was also quick on a few of them. Not overly quick, but somewhat quick. So I thought that was good. Um, I'll give. I'll just uh, go through the rest of mine as well. So as far as stock up goes, I thought you mentioned it before, but the the backup interior offensive line. So I thought Leatherwood looked pretty competent, <laughs> which uh, you know that's good yeah. at, at left guard. Jatiri Carter was really the standout. He looked at home in the starting offensive line. Obviously, again preseason, we're not going to overreact here, but he looked pretty dang good. Um, and then Doug Kramer, I thought looked pretty good too. Which, uh, you know, I, I, that when you brought up Lucas Patrick, yeah, that's I, I don't know where he kind of fits in because if Doug Kramer is good and keeps performing well, he's on a rookie contract, he's young, you know, he might have a future potentially with this team. Whereas it seems like Lucas Patrick is definitely a backup. I, I could see it kind of get down to a toss up between Leatherwood and, and Lucas Patrick, and I'd be interested to see kind of who they choose there. Um, I would assume that's hard to say actually. Let the it with with I mean Lucas I, Patrick, yeah. the benefit with him is that he is very versatile. You know, he can play any of the three spots there. Yeah. I think too though that like Bears fans like need to know too with Lucas Patrick that he's the type of player that you should be happy to be able to like yeah. replace. You know? You should be happy to kind of get over that hump and you'd be like, okay. And I'm not meaning necessarily like cost him a spot on the team. Like maybe it will eventually come to that. But as far as just moving down the depth chart, you know, or, or just being in a backup position, like, you know, you're happy with where you're at when you can get someone because, you know, he does have experience, um, but he is getting up there in his career. Like he's not someone. It's like the, I'm even blinking on the year. Was it 2021? Um, that we were rolling out with um, Jason Peters as yeah, our left was, tackle. Yeah, yeah that was 21, yeah. yeah. Like, you're just dying for someone to go ahead and take that position from him, but at, no one really quite yeah. made that He leap. was actually de- half um, decent so. that year, <laughs> which is crazy. Well, f- right, exactly. But at the same time, we're like, man, yeah. like we should be able to get someone that's better than you know Jason Peters at this point of his career, Hall of Fame yeah. career. But at this point of his career, like we should be able to have someone better than him. But – all that being said, like I do think that the depth of the interior offensive line, yeah, I think that they showed out they played well. And I think it's interesting, too, you brought in, like, you know, and the Bears are bringing it. You sent me a message on Twitter about it as far as, like, um, you know, the Bears are supplementing their depth with a lot of, like, you know, yeah. other players, second-year players from other teams. I think, too, like, some of these players do seem like a little bit like, you kind of mentioned that Jerron Dexter, like two-year projects. I think there's some players that didn't quite come on last year that are starting to, now that they're in the system, kind of start to show out a little bit more. Um, we'll see, though. Like, I'm hoping that Ryan Poles doesn't get too biased to his players that he brought in. Um, yeah. Hopefully it doesn't start. Because now this is some of the draft picks from, from last year might start to go um, if things start to, you know, backslide yeah. for them or don't go well or, you know, new players take their spots. So, Hopefully, um, no rash decisions are made that way. But I think that overall, it's happy to see that on the offensive line, that there is at least a little bit of well, depth to be had. And young, too. I also think depth. that it, we kind of saw that that's not necessarily the case because last year a little bit, because remember we drafted Zach, Zachary Thomas. I think he was like a fifth or sixth round pick. And uh, we, we, cut, we cut him and kept Leatherwood. So, I mean, that... That's interesting. Yeah, I I kind of want to bring that up. One of the interesting things of Ryan Pohl's tenure that I think that he's been doing that not a lot of, not to the degree, not well, he does a lot more than other GMs is what I'm trying to say, which is claiming cuts players off their rookie contract. Um, another player you just mentioned, I completely forgot about when we're talking about this interior offensive line, which I actually think 
could end up taking one of these guys' place. Uh, Logan Stenberg, we just claimed him from the Lions, and he's had pretty extensive starting experience. Um, he's still on his rookie deal, but to be fair, he's going to probably be coming off of it. And I think with like a lot of these guys, Ojemudia, I mean, that's another one. He seems like he's probably going to be like our fifth cornerback right after Terrell Smith, so that's like a good pickup. He has kind of supplemented the Bears' roster um, that was like lacking depth with players getting cut from these other teams from their rookie contracts, but then retaining that rookie contract, which has them on a super cheap deal for like three years. And they're young players too. Um, I just think that's really good because he's replaced a GM that really had, you know, I'm not going to say weak drafts because they're good drafts, but drafts where there weren't a lot of draft picks taken in that, in those drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's kind of his like fix for it. And we, we Has see it worked out all the too. time. I mean, Leatherwood no, was a reach like that, yeah. like you just mentioned. So it definitely is common practice for yeah. him, you know, pick up young players, yeah. rookie deals, which I yeah, like it. I mean, it makes camp even Terrell Smith, I think too, was I one. think it's Terrell yeah. Lewis. Sorry. It's good Smith. for the fan too. Like, of course you do get attached to your own draft picks, but I think that it makes training camp all that much more important too. Um, just because at least at this point, you know, maybe a few years down the line, I, or at least the hope would be that Ryan pulls doesn't have to do it too much when he can keep supplementing <laughs> with his own good draft picks. But, you know, right now it makes training camp all that much more important because it's like new competition for even the people that survive cuts. Um, so, and I think it's, it's better this year around because like for some of these guys last year, we're like, will they be a starter? Armand well, Watts, it, will he be a starter? Yeah, no, it's know? a different picture, but, which is, it's very refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and let me just finish up with my stock up, stock down. I also want to give credit. I, I didn't include him, but Micah Baskerville, I thought that, you know, he played well. I mean, he was out there for a long time um, through like multiple quarters. So that's, that's pretty cool to see. Um, I, I feel like he might end up being kind of that last, um, that last linebacker in the room. Um, so he he's there. He's someone that immediately, when we got the UDFA list came out, he's someone that I kind of circled because athletically he stood out in college. Um, he's he's a little um, small for a linebacker, that's for yeah. sure. But I kind of feel like they they want some, these linebackers to kind of uh, you know be able to cover. So cover some DBs if necessary and that added benefit. I also think he's going to be really good uh, in special teams if he can develop, which will keep him on, on the roster, that's for sure. Um, someone else, this is going to be a really weird shout out, um, but I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Andrew Brown, <laughs> it, I, this is not a name we got talked, but he's a defensive tackle and I saw him drop into coverage multiple times in the game. And I was like, that is really interesting. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give him credit for having that ability. Well, I think, too, like you brought up an interesting point, too, with just the defense that the Bears, I think they even brought it up on the game broadcast. They play a lot of nickel, you know, so that makes a difference in how you evaluate mm-hmm. the roster, too, as far as, you know, some in a nickel situation, especially if you're playing out of a 4-2-5 where you have two, two linebackers, um, and that would make more sense for a team that's base four three, is that you just substitute the one linebacker. Well, it's happening anyway. But instead of a three three five to a four two five, you know, you're looking for something a little different than when you're just in a base four three. Um, so I think that yeah. that being able to have that extra that versatility, um, that extra ability to play and kind of in that way, I think does help him out a lot. Um, I think I kind of just gave a quick mention to him, but Travis Bell, um, who was I believe from a D two school. Um, he made some some nice plays, so that was really good. From Kennesaw, Kennesaw State, State, first player ever drafted from there. there. You go. Yeah. Um, so the Bears yeah. really do like search talent like far and wide, and um, I think you brought up I forgot who you mentioned it to, but as far as some players playing a particularly long time, I was a little bit shocked for how long Tyreek Stevenson was in the game. I was like, man, he's been here all yeah. day, um, but it makes sense. I mean, they're getting players are getting a better feel for them, um, which really too like I think that the bears during the pace administration, like the internal scouting was also bad too. So I think, you know, yeah. hopefully this new regime is a little bit more thorough and I believe that they are a little bit more thorough in the way that they dissect even their own players talents. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I have one more stock up stock down. Um, and then I, I have a few other things we want to talk about, but um, stock up 
Eberflus's coaching ability, and you know, talked about it at the top of the show. I just thought, I mean, how many times you saw these DBs hitting at that ball? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he it, it, that that was real. It's not like the fake John Fox isms <laughs> where you were just like, okay, sure, you can say that, but what were you seeing it on the field? Uh, my stock down. The backup uh, tackles looked really bad, <laughs> in my opinion. So I'm I'm very concerned if God forbid one of our left tackle or uh, right tackle goes down, uh, we are going to be screwed with whoever replaces them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can't have everything. I was pleasantly surprised by the interior offensive line and I was kind of as expected on that exterior backup, uh, offensive line. So I thought that was, uh, pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I mean, some people were giving Borum like some positive grades, but you know, I think we already know who he is yeah. at this point. Definitely. Um, I got a cu- couple for our other teams. You know, I got one for the Lions and one for the Packers. I couldn't think of anything for the Vikings. There, everything they did was very meh. Well, um, Addison had a nice, or was it not rule the catch, but should have been a catch. Addison did. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was nice. Yeah, Addison stock up, but he's. I expected him to kind of be that dude. So, like, I don't know. I am already not going to be very happy when we have to play him. Right. And uh, Tyreek Stevenson is gonna have a have a tough day when he has to cover uh jordan addison that's tall responsibility um but for the lions stock up jameer gibbs man he looked great on the field i know he didn't like end up like producing that much but like you saw there's always that thing where like when a, a player goes from the uh college football to the nfl you're like okay how much is this speed gonna translate to the nfl field but he stood out. He stood out a yeah. lot. Um, so good for him. Stock down, Jameson Williams. He's kind of got – I think he caught the same thing Valus caught, man. Like, he just needs to get out of his head. He's a talented player, but – Except he, he it's just, a lot more like comparing him and Valus, though, I think is a crime. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> honestly, like, I thought, I thought he had a pretty, like, a pretty high floor. You know, I thought his floor was mm-hmm. pretty high. So I guess I'm kind of shocked to see how it's gone a little bit so far. Like, I really thought that he couldn't really go this low, but I, I'm still a bit optimistic. Like, I guess trying to remove in-division bias, like just my thoughts as a player. Like, I think all that talent's definitely still there. He has great ability to separate. Um, but it's just not it's not working out at the moment. And it just doesn't seem like things are in sync with, with him and the rest of the offense. No. And... Yeah, it just it seems like right now for him, anything that can go wrong is going wrong. Um, and you know, honestly, even though he's a lion, I, I do hope that he's able to get his career on track because I did like Jameson Williams uh, coming out. Um, but man, just with the ga- with the gambling and it, man, it's going to be tough for him. Um, Packers stock up those young wide receivers. They looked pretty good. They looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, I have to say, uh, Dubs or Dobbs, I guess is how you really pronounce it. He looked he looked good, and uh, Christian Watson looked pretty damn good too. So I think that they're gonna have, which is kind of we hyped them up a little bit this off season, like saying that we expected a step forward from those players. Um, they look good. Stock down for me, Jordan Love, man. He's going I, for it. <laughs> nice. I. I I don't I don't know man and it's it's difficult to watch the Packers fans go through what Bears fans have had to go through like you laugh but it's also like the celebrating like the small victories you know like celebrating an incompletion or, or something like that and also like changing the narrative of w- trying to change the narrative of what is being said I mean all reports from I mean Jordan Love himself has claimed that in camp it's been difficult to adjust uh to being the starter so I mean I I think that he's trying to shoulder the burden and he's in a very difficult situation in terms of like he has a really good team around him but he's in a difficult situation replacing Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre and like the the fan base I just don't think will know how to operate with a quarterback that's not going to win you games I think for Jordan Love, and I'll I'll go into the actual analysis of his 
pregame or his uh, preseason game in a minute, but I I feel like his ceiling really is like a Derek Carr man. Like I feel like that's like I think really that's fair, what though. his like top because, of the line could yeah, be. I mean, like because Derek Carr can have like some some solid seasons, but I think you're right. Like I I don't think that the Packers are gonna be you know, fortunate enough to go three in a row as far as Hall of Fame quarterbacks and, and, and probably not even that tier under it. But, you know, I, I do think that and I think I talked about that, that when we did the little division kind of like overview of like, you know, he's might put them in a bit of a quandary, you know, like where the Bears were, you know, with Matt Nagy and like year two and three, you know, just pretty much mediocrity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that's why you make the I think that he has the potential is certainly have a higher ceiling than the Mitchell Trubisky. Um, but like you said, with, you know, Derek Carr, it's like, yes, they can really show out maybe occasionally win you the game or two, but just over a season, it's not going to be consistent enough to, to really, you know, bank on it. So mm-hmm. for, okay. And let me talk about this game and I'll talk about kind of like the bigger picture of Jordan love after, but this past game, so I you saw some good things. What I thought was good was he he was, um, you know he he was getting to his receiver quickly, like getting the ball out of his hands quickly. Um, he did throw a touchdown, so I'll give him that as well. A few of the issues that I saw though, um, number one, I I thought it was very odd. So the throw to Christian Watson, it's kind of getting hyper analyzed, and I don't want to hyper analyze it too much. Um, as far as ball placement go, absolutely incorrect. That is not where that ball should go. I get there's there's been some Packers uh, fans pointing out that Christian Watson kind of was favoring the sideline too much, so it was kind of a difficult throw to make. Like that sideline throw would have been really difficult because there's less space for mm. it and for him to grab it. But that ball still should have been outside shoulder to Christian Watson over the top, not a laser uh, to the inside shoulder. So that, that's number one. Pierce saying it's a good play by Dak. So yeah, but that's a lot of safeties are going to make that play. The other issue that I had is that the crosser, which I think was Dobbs, I could be wrong. The crosser was coming wide open. And like looking at the defense, you could tell that that crosser was coming wide open um, just based on how the safeties were playing, the linebackers were playing. So that should have been a, a pre, like seen that pre-snap. Um and like, also, if he even looked at at the player, it would it would have been open. Um, I I think though, looking at how looking at Love's uh, helmet and like the stripe on his helmet, it looks like that was actually potentially. And I'll give him credit for this if this is the case. Well, it's like a little bit of credit, a little bit. I'm gonna detract from it a little bit too. It seemed like that was a predetermined decision based on the play call. So he looked immediately at the safety and was trying to hold the safety. And then went immediately to Watson. And so like, okay, then if it was predetermined, called in by uh, uh, LaFleur, then okay. Yeah, that, that's that's better. But if it is predetermined, it also begs the question, why is Love getting all, still at, in year four, getting all these predetermined play calls, which was something that I mentioned happened a lot in the Eagles game last year. And when it those predetermined play calls kind of ran out during the Kansas City game, he started missing a lot of throws. Love also missed that wide open throw to, I don't know which of their tight ends it was, but that was going to be on a key conversion down. Um, again, preseason, so take everything with a grain of salt. Was not a fan of that one either. I also have a little bit of an issue with the touchdown throw. It <laughs> seems like Love's placement, his ball placement is pretty poor. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like he, I don't know if it's an accuracy thing with him or if it like he just doesn't know what to do with it type of deal. Because he... Clearly, that ball should have went much further to the back left pylon. Not necessarily like the receiver dupes really had to pull up. He had a much, it made it for a much more difficult catch by dupes. But again, it was a touchdown. Not going to hyper analyze it. If this was regular season, would that have been picked off? Potentially. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was a touchdown. So I'm not going to hyper analyze it. I think that love, I have enough faith in him after this preseason game that he might be able to you know get by competently and and win a few games this year but the long-term future for Jordan Love I do not see it being one of 
a lot of success in this league, to be completely honest. And I just don't, I just don't know the ceiling for him. You know, it just doesn't seem like the ceiling is going to be very high. I think Derek Carr is an um, interesting place to put it because it's it's interesting to try to rank him. <laughs> you know, yeah, but like he can make a, a few of the throw. He can make some of the throws, but like he's just never going to be I, nothing that I've seen of Jordan Love so far has told me he's going to be a plus level quarterback. I yeah. don't know if you disagree. No, with I that. think it's just like I don't expect him to raise his game in like big time matchups, you know. Like I, I don't expect him, you know, when he's going up against another elite quarterback for it to become, you know, like a shootout. I think that kind mm-hmm. of he's going to take the game as it comes to him. I think that you know, a bad or a somewhat okay like first season by him isn't the end of his career at all because obviously you're given the benefit of the doubt he has not started in that capacity yet um but i do think that his progression over the season is going to be is going to be big to track um just with you would with yeah. any other quarterback that's starting in, in their first year or, or for their first year starting in his case obviously has sat in and, and taken in a lot of games from the bench so I don't know. I think that obviously, you know, in the social media space, it becomes kind of a stupid, you know, (laughs) fight. Um, But I think that ultimately, I think that he has the ability to get some kind of production. You know, I don't think that he's going to go like all year without throwing for 250 or even like 300. Like he might have one of those games, but I think um, I think that he's. There's only a cap to how far he can go. I could also see him like be- absolute best case scenario. And I think there's a lot of like similarities in his in his play in, in certain regards. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, that's I, fair. I too. can see like best case scenario. But then he would have to perform really well in like good games. Which, you know, Garoppolo, I'm not going to say he performed extremely well, but he won playoff games frequently against the Packers yeah. uh, multiple times. So I, I do think like there's that there. And like, here's the thing is like, I, I look and I watch like a player like Trey Lance, for instance, who did not look, look very good at all in his last preseason game. But it's very apparent to me that he has a, a, a lot more talent than Jordan Love. And, like, I'm trying to put that into perspective. Like, look how much Trey Lance has struggled thus far on a team with, yeah. you know, I'm not going to say the same, but Packers have a lot of talent on that team. Um, And, like, I just don't know if – and believe me, any Packers fans that's listening to this, I, w- I want Jordan Love to be a competent quarterback because I am deathly afraid – that you guys are going to be so bad that you're able to get Caleb Williams. <laughs> and that would kill me and break my heart. Um, so yeah, just, just know I like I'm, I'm rooting for love when he's not playing the bears. I, I, I want you guys to get a, a really low draft pick. So you're kind of stuck with him. Yeah. That's fair play. That's fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, that brings us to a good point. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Again, guys, thank you so much. Don't want to hyperanalyze anything. Remember, all you know, Travis Gibson, all these players are sticking out on the or second team or whatever. They're all playing backups too. It's gonna to look a lot different when starters are out there. No doubt. Um, you know, ski when you know there's actual game plans involved uh, <laughs> in these games. Uh, Eberflus five and zero or four and zero, right? Yeah, preseason undefeated, 4-0. man. Four and zero. Yeah. Yeah, he's batting a hundred. He's batting a thousand. Uh, he, I mean, he's. If if the NFL season ended after the preseason, we'd be one of the best teams <laughs> in history. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in history, and I think uh, did the Ravens win their recent game? I know they're on like what was it like twenty seven straight wins in the preseason or something yeah, like that. Yeah, something ridiculous. I don't know, but what a crazy consolation prize that is, huh? <laughs> Seriously. All right, as we go, Reese, I, I want you to make one predict. I want you to know, right? Like, you got to make the prediction now. 
I want a win-loss, not win-loss record. I want a points. I want to know how many points are scored by each team. Bears-Packers week one. What are you thinking right now? Give me Bears 34, Packers 24. 34-24. I'm going Bears 28, Packers 17. That's fair. I I like that. That's a good you know score. Nineteen. They're getting a safety too. Oh, sheesh. <laughs> Lucas Patrick must have been out there. <laughs> Seriously. All right, but uh, thank you guys again, and uh, bear down. Bear down.